Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome everyone to another of the NPL Sunday on the Brisbane Football Review. Scott Adam, as usual, with you, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Uh, all sort of uh, tucked out after uh, hanging out with forty thousand. Screaming EPL fans at uh, Suncorp Stadium this afternoon. Yes, it was the uh, European preseason friendly spectacular today. We'll talk about them in just a moment. We will go through the MPL and FQPL men and men's women's, as well as the Kappa Women's Super Cup. But you were at the preseason spectacular, quote unquote, on Sunday afternoon there at Suncorp Stadium. Do you want to give us a very quick 15, 20 second summation? Yeah, uh, Aston Villa 1-0, uh, a, uh, a penalty for Danny Ings, uh, 40,000 uh, plus in attendance, uh, and boy do I wish that we could even get a third of that at an A-League game. But uh, look, it was a great atmosphere, and uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a uh, good occasion. Absolutely, Aston Villa just slipped past Leeds there on Sunday afternoon at Suncorp, but we'll leave, that, we'll leave that alone from now, and we'll focus on the more important matters, I think, Adam, which was round 11 catch-up games from the MPL Queensland competition. There were four of them played over the weekend. In fact, we'll start actually with the midweek game from round 12, which was a catch-up game. Olympic four, Eastern Suburbs nil. Two goals to Mitch Nichols, one from Daniel Eck, and one from Shannon Brady gave them a 4-0 win in midweek, Adam, and there were some really nice goals in that collection as well. Yeah, uh, there was, there was but uh, Olympic you know, go, going to uh, Heath Park, which is which is, it can be tricky at times. You know, going there uh, at a midweek, especially on Origin Wednesday, which means that only about five people and their dog would have probably watched this game live. But uh, That's one of them. <laughs> but uh, but be that as it may, uh, yeah, look, Olympic got the job done, and uh, like I said, uh, valuable three points. Absolutely. So that was the catch-up game from round 12 played in midweek. This was a week always designated as catch-up weekend. So there were four games played from round 15. Two of those games we were at, Adam. We'll start off with the first of those games in chronological order, which was a 5-0 win for Brisbane City away from home to the Brisbane Royal Academy down there at Underwood Park. Two goals from Yuta Hiriyama, one for Matt Jones, one for Samson Batuara, and one from Fraser Hills. Gave Brisbane City a 5-0 win. Bit of controversy as well, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But firstly, putting that aside, Brisbane City were worth the win, weren't they? They were. They played. They played pretty well. They they sort of, you know, stuck to their game plan of sort of you know absorbing pressure early and then you know taking you know count counter attacking sort of taking the opportunities and uh, they took it with aplomb. Uh, as the controversy that uh, Brisbane Raw pretty much were reduced to nine men. Uh, the the send off uh, in the first in the first half. And then, um, yep. and, and then uh, a, a second half send off a virtually the same same uh, incident, which is a last, last man professional foul. So, uh, and, and yeah, but uh, which, which I think at the end of the day, I think five nil probably wasn't a full reflection of, of the game. I think at the end of the day, when you know at nine players for you know half an hour of the game, you always knew that uh, power uh, that city were going to power on and and uh, and win it. Absolutely, power went in action this weekend. But <laughs> I will yeah, say, there were two red cards. One for James Nikolowski in the first half. The other was for part-time substitute Cher Deng. Two central defenders sent off. It just required a lot of reorganisation for the Raw in this game. And I know they weren't 100% happy with the decisions, Adam, but the second one in particular was pretty clear-cut. And the first one was maybe a bit more 50-50, but you can see why it was given. It was also 50-50 and also as well uh, consistency um, in, a, in applying to the rules. That uh, there, there was a similar incident er, earlier in the game, which was only awarded a yellow card, a, a foul on uh, when Fernando Nash was uh, was sort of inside of goal, and then obviously then uh, Nikolovsky being sent off for a similar offence, which sort of really sort of you know questioned the consistency of it. The uh, the uh, Cho Deng one in the second half, yeah, I think that was pretty clear. And uh, red card was actually for it, it, it was given a it was given a penalty, but uh, it was a um, a professional foul, not a football a, a football uh, 
a footballing foul, which uh, saw him see red and uh, the penalty given, which doesn't apply as far as triple jeopardy goes. So it was the old triple jeopardy there because there was no actual play on the ball, just why it was given a penalty, the red card and all the rest of it. So that was the case there. We'll talk about the Roar again in just a moment. Firstly, on Brisbane City, what do you make of it? Because it seems like a game, we've seen him a few times in the last few weeks, and since that really unfortunate occasion against Lions in the league, their last three, four games have been really, really impressive, haven't they? They have. They've. Um, I think that they've, they've. I think they've found their way. I think they've found found what the way that you know Matt Smith wants to play the game, uh, and I think as well as you know good results. Again, as I said, five nil probably is a bit flattering towards them, but still, they, I think they were never in danger. I think they're always from the first goal that was scored. Uh, I think they're always looking like that. They're they're good value for three points and. I, th- I think as well that while they're sitting, they're sitting sort of you now in the bottom reaches of the ta- of the table at the moment. I think that you now if they just continue to play that way, I think they'll have not much to worry about. But uh, they've got a couple of um, crucial games, you know, coming up over the next month or so, and that's not including the um, Australia Cup, which may be you know a blessing and a curse. So that, that's that's uh, probably where they're at with City at the moment. But I think if they play like that and, and put out those performances week in week out. I don't think the fans have too much to worry about as far as, you know, worrying about, you know, potentially facing, you know, going down again. We'll get to those important games in a moment. First with Brisbane City, they've made a couple of changes since that loss against the Lions, which I was referring to. They made a change in goal, giving Riley Stent his opportunity, but they also changed the formation, which I think is getting the best out of their players. The the three central defenders and the two really solid holding midfielders give them a really nice foundation for those players ahead of them to make an impact. Yeah, it's it's a solid five as well. When you know you have um, look, I gotta say Matt Jones as well. I think he he uh, really has stood out. Uh, where he probably at the start of the season was looking like you know, he was going to be the reserve sort of you know, defensive player, and you know, but since Matt Smith seems to have be playing less and less you know, on the park and sort of focusing on the coaching, he's he's really stepped in and really done an excellent job. He he got the opening goal, uh, which was, was which was great reward. But yeah, having that solid back three of you know Jones, Bowles, and Simpkin as, as your central defenders, and then having two experienced players in Roman Hoffman and Scott Holiday as your as your two holding sixes, it also allows it's allowed Kai Bolton and Sam Simtawara, you know, who are look, they're playing a very sort of almost similar style to what uh, Lions are playing at the moment, where you've got two really attacking wingbacks that that are um, that are sort of really sort of making ground. And I know Samson Tawara, you know, gave Nathan Guy an absolute nightmare um, on, on Saturday. So, so yeah, but uh, look, I think City, again, I think they're, they're showing, they're showing that they're, they're good value and probably where they, sh- they, they probably performance wise that they certainly are, yeah, up there in MPL, it's just the results I think have been you know, less than desired. Absolutely. And speaking of Matt, so the two we had to say on Saturday night after the, their five nine over Brisbane Royal Academy, we'll be back right after this. I was with the coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith. Matt, five nil winners here over the Royal. You must be happy with the, the three points, crucial three points in, in terms of your season. Yeah, always happy. Always, look, at this stage of the season, we're in a winner results. We've been business. I've said that throughout the year. And um, to get three points was is always the objective so to come away today with that it's important uh, what's the most pleasing thing for you as a coach on the sidelines that the goals team scored in the second half or the clean sheet both you know I think that one of our um, one of our things that we've achieved not achieved this year but one of these things over the course of the season is you know being ruthless up front but then also being very desperate at the back you know there was although we won tonight there's still lots of areas in there which I think that we we, we were quite sloppy tonight you know and you know, like with the send-offs, obviously it was an opportunity for us to then, you know, work on different parts of our game and be a bit patient, making them work, creating opportunities to be able to score goals. And, and we got five, but again, we, we probably should have been four nil up even before that in the first half. You know, so yeah, I'm happy with the result. But I've said it again, the result was a byproduct of what we do. You know, like we, you get a couple of one-on-ones first half, you don't take them. You've, you, you've got to have them chances. You got to take them. Um, a lot more defensively solid than last month. So is that really something you can really build on ahead of the cup game in a couple of weeks' time? Oh, look, we, we after the after the after the Lions game um, away from home when we had Hoppy sent off and, and we got beat seven 0 that kind of forced us to to, to to kind of bank in, you know, for that for that second half. So it, it kind of taught the boys that they had to be desperate at times, and the score kind of went away with us. But what that did is, from a defensive unit point of view, really helped us in terms of having to pull up your sleeves. I mean, you've got to defend, you've got to defend. It's, part of, it's a massive part of the game. Like, we've got great technical players, and 
as a unit, we, we, we identified that we had to stop um, stop oppo- opportunities to, to, to opposition. La- last week on against Morton Bay, like we didn't we didn't let them have much at all, yeah. but they were they got a few chances and scored two goals. Yeah. You know, we we created lots of chances last week, didn't didn't take them. So again, it's a lot deeper. Like the, the score lines, obviously, everyone sees, but uh, I'm all about refining what we're doing and building what we're doing. And, and like I said, momentum's a key thing. Now. And just finally, have you had a chance to have a look at your cup opponent yet, or is that still something that's not in your mind at the moment? My next uh, next objective is Wanderers next week, mate. So um, look, it's going to be we have to we don't prioritise one or the other. I don't look too far ahead. Yep. Um, the objective tonight was done. We got Wanderers next week, which is going to be a very tough game away from home. It was congratulations on the points and good luck. Good, good, on the points and good luck next week. Thank you very much. And thank you to Matt Smith for his time out there at Underwood Park on Saturday night. Now, before we move on to the next game, Adam, we have to talk about the Brisbane Roar Academy. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't the worst performance they've had, given that they were down to nine men by the end of the game, and that's where a lot of the goals were conceded. But it's been a really tough year for them. And it's certainly their position on the, ta- on the table is certainly drawing a lot of confidence at the moment, isn't it? It is. And uh, look, we've got to, got to remember that this that, that this side was, has been pretty much gutted. And it's, it's, probably, it's, a new, it's a new crop of players. I've seen four of their, you know, four of their players that, that, you know, that did lead that challenge, you know, to, to finals football last year. They've gone on, they've gone on not only some to you know, be you know, basically in the, in the senior A-League squad, but, but you know, some have actually left and gone to other A-League squads. So, so like I said, that, that was always going to be a massive, you know, hole for Chris Grossman to fill. I just think that, yeah, that, uh, I think this is this uh this side's probably about a year away. You know those players that you know are, are up for it. It's probably a year away from sort of showing sort of you know consistent football against in the in the open grade. But uh, yeah, it is it is unfortunate. So sense and that that is that dark cloud that also hangs over them, which is probably the big talking point at the moment across the NPL. Absolutely, that is the position. The fact that they do hold a bottom two position on the table currently, but as we mentioned a few weeks ago on the show, they are exempt from relegation. And as that, as that now becomes a more and more of a, a touchstone moment, because they are, they are currently in a bottom two spot as we enter the final third of the season. It's gaining a lot of commentaries in terms of should they have that, that dispensation. It is, and look. Uh... Well, I know. I know. We've tried to avoid our personal opinions on this, but I think it's getting harder and harder to, you know, to sort of say stay out of it. And I think. Look, I think got almost. I know myself. We've got to lay lay the cards on the table and say, look, personally, I'm. I'm against the exemption. I, I think not not because not because I have anything against the young raw or anything like that. And I, in a way, I understand what Football Queensland were trying to do, and I think what they're trying to promote as far as that elite pathways. The problem is that where it doesn't hold much weight is that this is out of step with every other member federation in the country. That and, and I actually I actually just spent some time because I want to make sure that I got this this point right. That this is a FQ initiative to to give exemption to Brisbane Raw and as well as QAS in the in the uh, MPL women's because every other every other state does not give the same dispensation. They don't even mention, you know, the that you know, the A-League clubs that, you know, that have got academy teams in the NPL as being exempt in, or anything like that. They have, they've got regulations. I look more in particular at South Australia and WA because the situation in Victoria and New South Wales is that other than Sydney FC in the in NPL New South Wales, who are actually in you know, a top four club at the moment, all the other clubs are in the in in the state leagues or the I should say well state leagues but below that in the NPL two, NPL three, and New South Wales and Victoria. So I had to look at South Australia and WA, and while they have provisions around who can play for you know. Adelaide United and Perth Glory, there, there's no mention of exemptions as far as as you know, relegation. Therefore, this is an FQ-driven thing. But but to counter that as well, is that these were these these regulations were in the rules of competition. So if if clubs were so against this, you would have thought this would have been brought up in January, February when they came out, not in July, now knowing that oh the raw are struggling. The raw, you know, you know, look like for all in terms of if if they were if they were eligible for relegation, we'd be say they are hot favourites to to go down. But because of exemption, it's obviously getting a lot of attention. Um, so I think it's a case of well, I personally don't 
don't, don't agree with it because I think it sort of you know it sabotages and sort of compromises the comp the spirit of competition. I sort of understand why it's being done and why was this not brought up so Football Queensland could have made a decision to possibly change it back in February, March, not in July. The, the cast has died. If Football Queensland were to then change it now, that would actually be more embarrassing to relegate the Raw based on, you know, complaining when that when this should have been handled months ago. So, look, that's, that's my long, long sort of, you know, sermon on that. And, uh, look, that's that's why I believe, and I have believed that for months oh, over the years, Scott. Take a breath. Just take a breath. I will say it's a bit like the 2020 situation, isn't it, where, no, where people weren't 100% clear on the tiebreakers regarding the league and the and the relegation situation until right near the end of the season where it was pointed out that it wasn't based on well, it wasn't based on um, goal difference. It went on head to head, and that was something that not many people were fully aware. We certainly weren't aware of it until very late in the piece. So maybe people weren't aware of the situation regarding the raw as it well, as it was for this year and has been in the past. And maybe because the last couple of years they've gone quite well on the table, it was out of people's minds. But I tend to agree. It seems to be the national standard that that um, A League academy teams can be relegated, and I don't understand why Queens would be the ex- exception to that, but. Maybe there's a reason behind it that I don't quite understand. We'll move on to the second half of our Saturday evening doubleheader, which wasn't far from Underwood Park, actually, down at Cornubia Park. And it was a 4-0 win for Lions FC over the Logan Lightning in that game. Goals from Alex Fechner, the golden boot leader, Ethan Doherty, Sean Carlson, Danny Pengelian. This was a game, Adam, which from pretty much minute one, Lions were in large control of and walked away with a very comfortable win. I think they were determined for them not to happen. What happened to Olympic in the uh, in uh, the uh, round six uh, Australia Cup tie that where they sort of you know they they sort of uh, took took this game of scruff of the neck from minute one and look they they were clearly the better team on the night. Uh, look tough tough conditions as well. Uh, you know the, the pitch is was playing you know sort of a little bit you know. So a little bit sort of you know, slippery and whatnot, but yeah, look, a professional team, professional effort from from Lions, and you can pretty much see why that you know pretty much I think the uh, the premiership is there to lose at the moment. Absolutely, and after game we've got with the head coach of Lions, Darren. So I'm sorry we had to say after this up four nil win over Logan, and we'll be back right after this. Don't be the coach of Lions, Darren. Time, Darren comes with winners here over Logan. You're actually happy with the side's performance first and foremost. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, it's always a tough assignment coming here uh, with Logan, especially uh, in the position they're in. Uh, you know, they're fighting for for everything. Um, obviously, the the field itself is a, a bit of a leveler. But in saying that, you know, it, I think our boys handled it really, really well. Um, they stuck to the game plan. Um, there were some good moments. You mentioned it's a tough place to come. We've seen other teams come here and drop points recently. Is that something you really focus on during the week? If we have to go there and play at our best level. Yes, yeah, that was a consistent message throughout the whole week. Um, you know, whilst we're in a really, really good position, there's no ego at all. Um, you know, we, we have to earn it every single week. And I think the boys were magnificent tonight in that respect. You know, they uh, they went about their business with uh, with purpose and, and quite methodically. I'm sure you saw this question coming, but Louis Fenton, last time we spoke to you, wasn't he? He must be happy with his, happy with his including, sorry, his so far, his involvement so far. Yeah, he's just getting stronger, you know, with every session. Um, and you saw the quality and composure when he came on. Um, you know, I think his first touch, he set up a goal for for Sean, I think it was. So, you know, it was uh, it was nice to see him contribute in that way. He's just, he's really, really keen just to help out the squad and, and um, you know, and push for the title. And you helped out an old mate, Warren Moon, in the week, sending Tommy Jarrard down to play for the Roy. You must be really happy for, are you happy for, for him to get that opportunity? Yeah, it was great. You know, Tommy's, um, you know, he's been here at the club. You know, we gave him his starting, his senior start at 16 in the FFA Cup against Adelaide, and he's never looked back. You know, um, he certainly, you know, the, for the the cameo that he had the other night, he, um, you know, he did himself proud. He looked very, very comfortable, and and it goes to show that there's, there is talent in the local NPL if given the opportunity. Um, you know, I have no doubt. You know, given time and the opportunity that most boys would get up to speed. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it was great for Tommy. It's great for the club. Um, so hopefully, you know, potentially he can, uh, he can kick on. I have to wait and see on that one. Finally, you must be happy also with the later position you are now further clear on top of the table. It must be pleasing for you to be in that position this late in the season. 
it is it's the it's the position we want to be in you know we want we want people chasing us and and you know and obviously with that position there's there's pressure but um the boys are enjoying their football and and they're working really hard for each other and you know they uh they've got a focus which is very very clear um and working with that group of boys it's 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 fun week in week out so yeah we'll we'll just keep ticking the boxes right absolutely congratulations we'll keep ticking those boxes appreciate it thanks boys And thank you to Darren Syme for his time out there once again on Saturday night. Adam, anything else to add quickly on on that on um, the win there for Lions? It was very comprehensive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think look, it was it was pretty comprehensive. Uh, look, Logan showed at times that you know they, they sort of threatened and whatnot, but uh, yeah, look, this this Lions team they they you know they they clearly the gold stand at the moment in in uh, MPL, and they, they they sort of really showed it. It was a very you know, clinical effort. And they have been for quite some time. We'll see if, see if anyone can knock them off in the remainder of 2022. The other two games played from round 11 in these catch-up games were first up on Saturday night. Gold Coast Knights went to Bottles Park and came away with a 2-0 win. Two late goals from Janelle De Silva and Max King in that game. I think that's a that's a really good three points for Gold Coast, but it does leave Morton Bay, who we thought last week could maybe make a run towards the finals position. This puts them once again on the back foot. Yeah, I think this is... Um... I think this is a, a tight game. I think it's just two goals in uh, in three minutes is what decide this. Uh, but there, yeah, look, Gold Coast Knights as well are going to a place where you know typically they have dropped points in the past. Uh, in the past, and uh, and yeah, look, this is a, a good three points for them to sort of keep them keep them at least you know certainly consolidate their final spot. They they need a bit to go go their way as far as results to you know to challenge for the. Uh, for the premiership, but uh, certainly from a finals point of view, I think this pretty much puts them, you know, on track. Absolutely. In the final game of the round, it was a one 0 win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers over Olympic FC, a late goal from Kyron Walters, Adam. And for the Wanderers, this is a huge three points gain. And for Olympic, perhaps it's a, um, a, a really hard, lo- hard loss in terms of their quest for the premiership. Yeah, this is, this was a tight game. I think throughout, I think it was just that one moment uh, where, where uh, Kyron Walters was able to get on onto the end of a Brandon Kumanau parry and uh, put it away, so for a one 0 win. But I think we can start declaring uh, declaring Ballinger Park in fortress uh, mode. I think because uh, they are still unbeaten at home. It just makes you wonder. But with um, when they look back at season, Sunshine Sunshine Coast Wanderers whether they converted some of those uh, draws into wins, and all of a sudden they're they're right in the top four race. I think there might be one or two wins you know, outside, you know, finals football. But then again, you know, if they're playing that well at home and they can beat a team like Olympic at home to go with some of the other teams that they've knocked off, you know, this season, or at least taken points off. Uh, look, you, you never know. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll be ruining the fact that, you know, a number of those draws is probably what's going to sort of cost them finals football. That is for sure. We'll have a look at the quick table here now in the MPL men's competition. Adam Lyons, I see they do sit top of the table on 39 points. Six points clear of Olympic FC on 33. And you have Gold Coast Knights, 29. Peninsula Power, 29. That rounds out the top four. And a Gold Coast United who didn't play this weekend on 23. Sunset Coast Wanderers, 22. Morton Bay, 21. East, 18. Brisbane City out of the relegation spots now on to 15. Logan, 13, Brisbane Roar Academy 9, and Capalabar still chasing that first win of the season on three points. So looking at that table there, Adam, is it, it's, it's fair to say that Lions have probably got the box seat in terms of the premiership race, but where do you draw the cutoff line in terms of teams that are still vying for a finals position, keeping in mind um, run-ins and also the remaining games as well as games in hand and the position on the table currently? As far as finals football goes, I would say that realistically, I would say probably Sunshine Coast Wanderers are probably at the very edge of that bubble. I think that loss from Morton Bay, uh, I think, probably hurts their finals chances. Uh, I think they're they're, they're going to fall a bit short, but yeah. But I think Sunshine Coast needs a lot to go their way. Uh, Gold Coast United uh, potentially they're going to need they're going to need some wins against top four sides. But at the moment, the top four teams in there. They're there at the moment. I think they'd be they'd be pretty comfortable at the moment. They they just they just need to get the business done and win the games that they should win. Well, Wanderers do have four games left this year at Fortress Ballinger Park against Lions, 
Brisbane City, East and Gold Coast United. So we'll have to wait and see if they can get the business done in those games. I tend to agree. I think that that win today for Sunshine Coast Wanderers keeps their hopes alive, but they're going to have to continue to win some games. With Gold Coast United, they've got some they've got some catch-up games in the next couple of weeks that they're just going to have to win, and that can make things very interesting for the Gold Coast derby in a couple of weeks' time. But I do tend to agree with you that the current top four are in very good position, and particularly Peninsula Power, if they can beat Gold Coast United next weekend, that could also be a very, very determinative outcome as well. So I think that the top four currently appear to be in, like they will finish in top four once again, but there's still a couple of teams there who could challenge. Yeah, I, I think that yeah, the balance of probability says that uh, the top four at the moment, uh, you, as, as we always say, you want the points on the board rather than chasing points. But as I said, there's still a couple of games that are still uh, where if results go the other way, it could make for very, very interesting times. And you mentioned two games, a couple of games there. I think the Gold Coast Derby is going to be, you know, a really important game. And also as well, yeah, look, uh, next week, Peninsula Power and Gold Coast United, uh, that, that also is a pivotal game. And look, even, even Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they, they almost will have to, I think that for their chances, they're going to have to almost uh, take points off lines when, when, they, when they meet at Ballinger Park. Absolutely. Very quickly at the other end of the table, Adam, there's a big head-to-head series coming out between Brisbane City and Logan. Like They haven't played each other this season. They do play each other twice in the next few weeks. Those matchups are going to be absolutely pivotal to both clubs' um, survival hopes. Yeah, two weeks in two weeks' time, uh, Logan, Logan and Brisbane City meet at uh, at CTM Stadium, and then a couple of weeks after that, on the 17th at Cornubia Park. So. Look, I think the relegation battle pretty much lives and dies on that head-to-head series. That uh, uh, while I think on, we, we look at the, at the run home on uh, off air, and while Brisbane City probably have got the much kinder run home, I think it, it'd be a case of Logan must for their survival host, They must beat uh, Brisbane City home away, or at least four out of six. Uh, any other result like that, I think that they they're probably going to be in trouble. East are there and abouts uh, in in a spot, but we, we think we've always said that that twenty points is where you, know, you can start saying, "Well, you're safe this year." Um, and and I, I think East will find will find a win somewhere uh, between now and the end of the season. I think to get over twenty, I think I think they're one win away from safety. But so I think the I think as far as the relegation battle goes, when you take away the whole. Brisbane Raw exemption uh, saga. Uh, yeah, it's Brisbane City and Logan. Those two games, I think, are going to be absolutely pivotal. It certainly does appear that way. We'll have to see how those games go. We'll move on to to the, um, the women's game, Adam, with the Kappa Women's Super Cup semi-finals played over the weekend. The first semi-final was played up on the up on up on Sunset Coast. Was played further north. That was played up in Cairns between Edge Hill United and South United. It was a two-one win for the visiting South United in that game at Tiger Park. Goals from Paloma, Gonchalves, Oliveira, as well as an own goal, were enough to give them a 2-1 win. A late goal from Daphne Tibbet did give Edge Hill some hope, and they, it was a pretty good effort from the Northern from the northern Zone team to to push a top-four MPL side here in South United. Adam, but, they just, the, but I guess in the end, the, um, the slightly stronger side were able to get over the line. Yeah, look, I saw I saw a bit of the highlights in this game. The goal that uh, the Tibbet scored was an absolute cracker of a goal. It's just it was just a pity that it was in the 91st minute. Uh, but um, whereas uh, look, South, I think they're in the end of the day. I think they were in control of it. But uh, yeah, look, I, I you got to congratulate Edge Hill for at least you know staying in that staying in that contest. And they were they certainly weren't uh, they weren't weren't embarrassed uh, by that performance. So I think look well well done to them. Uh, obviously, the regional team always gets a guaranteed one semi final spot in in the Kappa Super Cup. And look, I think they um, at home as well. I think they they sort of you know accounted for themselves pretty well. But I think just the experience and the sort of you know. And the sort of talent on that South team sees them move to the final. It was a much more even game than the corresponding fixture 12 mm. months ago, where Western Pride went up to Townsville and played a game up there, and it was much more one side than that. So perhaps the quality of women's football in the northern half of the state is improving. And the other second semi final was between the Sunshine Coast Wanderers and the all conquering defending champions, the Lions FC, and it was a 2 0 win for Lions in the in that game. Angela Versailles with two goals in the first. 
10 minutes to put the game to bed. There was a bit more controversy later on in the game, however, Adam. And I think you're our you're our fight night expert here on the Brisbane <laughs> Football Reviews MPL Sunday show. So I'll hand it over to you to analyse exactly what happened. Yeah, look, this is very, very strange to see uh, this sort of thing happen in women's football, especially at the top level. And uh, yeah, a bit of a coming together between uh, Tia Apo and Teal Danger, where uh, Apo went in for a pretty, pretty uh, brutal challenge. They actually took out a teammate plus uh, Teal Danger. Teal Danger has uh, bumped Apo sort of running away, and obviously she didn't appreciate that. And uh, they sort of then Apo chased the Danger back into the, pretty much into the uh, into the penalty box, and then yeah, all, all hell broke loose. Haymakers, you know, that was very very reminiscent of Dane Gagai and uh, Matt Burton at State of Origin. So. Uh, yeah, so this was a very unsavoury sort of, you know, incident. I don't, like, I don't think we want to see that, especially a semi-final of the Cup, I think. But, and uh, the end result, that Tiapo shines straight red. Till Danger only getting a yellow, which I think has actually got, you know, caused a little bit of controversy as far as that, considering that, you know, she threw just as many punches. I don't know if anyone landed, but... Uh, but yeah, it certainly wasn't something that uh, you really want to see. But she only got yellow, which means that she can't be sanctioned any further. Than despite as much people sort of saying conjecture otherwise, it's done. And uh, look, uh, depending on who you sort of look at, Meryl Hecker's um, intervention in that as well. I think depending on which side you're on and how you interpret it, I think also as well she might be she may have been lucky to escape any punishment. Uh, so, so yeah, but look, at the end of the day, yeah, this game's at, you know, it's a bit early at 2-0. But I think people remember this game, unfortunately, for uh, the fight. You could say Tia Apo chased danger and she got it in the form of red card. Yes, no. Should I get my hat and leave? <laughs> yes. All right, I'll leave and you can, <laughs> you can the run joke. the rest of the show then. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> no. no. You stay here. <laughs> All right, I'll stay here. All right, well, we'll move on to catch-up games in the FQPL Women's. There were, sorry, there were no games in the NPL Women's this weekend, unfortunately. So we'll move on to the FQPL 1 Women's, where there were three games played in the last seven days. Two of those actually involving Virginia United, Adam. It was a 3-0 win for Virginia over Western Pride midweek in that game before a one-all draw against Southwest Queensland Thunder today. In the third and final game, it was a 5-0 win for Peninsula Power over Logan Lightning in that game. And the... The, that result's not much of a surprise, but Western Pride dropping points probably does does give Peninsula Power an even stronger position if they did, if they needed it. Yeah, look, I think that uh, that this is pretty much race over as far as uh, the Premiership goes. I think that I, you know Mitchelton losing to Brisbane City last week, uh, Mitchelton losing, uh, sorry, Western Pride losing midweek to Virginia. Uh, I think I think those results, I think the stars are aligning for potential power to, to run away uh, with the uh, premiership uh, in FQPL1 and promotion to MPL next season. It certainly appears that way. There is on top of the table, potential power on 35 points. Save Mitchelton are second on 28. Power have a game in hand on Mitchelton as well. So that's an even more strong position. That's power, 35. Mitchelton, 28. Western Pride, 26. Brisbane City 23, Virginia 21 now with their points picked up in the last week. They've closed the gap on the top four. So that's the top five. Then after that, there's a drop-off down to Southwest Queensland Thunder on 10, Logan 6, the gap 2. So, Adam, it's the points for Virginia picked up in the last week, it does at least make the race for the top four interesting once again. They have, uh, yeah. That, uh, that win over Western Pride, and all of a sudden, uh, they... they uh, Maybe maybe uh, one one win away from you know jump, jumping to top four, but I know Brisbane City have got to play Peninsula Power. Um, I think that, that is this week. So uh, if they if they were to if uh, Power were to do what they have been doing and win that, all of a sudden and Virginia can win a game somewhere somewhere along the line. That 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 uh, that top four. While a couple of weeks ago probably looked almost set, Virginia are going to sort of make make an interesting race, you know, to go from uh, those last three spots uh, over four teams fighting for them. We'll have to see if they're able to do that. In the meantime, we'll move on to FQPL1, where there were four games played across four different rounds. So you have to bear with me on this one, Adam. First up, midweek from round 11, it was a 2-1 win at home for Southside Eagles over 
Mitchelton FC. Two goals from Scott Henson and Andoni Kaluris gave Southside Eagles the win in that one. And we'll talk about Mitchelton in a minute because it's a bigger story to come with them. But for Southside Eagles, that's a crucial three points for them. No, I think, yes, the Southside Eagles, I think they're probably a point away from survival. I think that their form has been very, very inconsistent this season. But, uh, yeah, that that was a big win. And at the time, we thought that was a crushing loss for Mitchelton. But there is a second act to that tale. Just quickly on Southside Eagles, I do think their home form, which has been pretty strong all year long, that should be enough to see them survive in FQPL 1 once again for the 2022. But you're right, Mitchelton did Bounced back from that defeat on Saturday night in round 12 action. This was they were they went to the league leading Roadshow Rovers and thanks to two goals from Jaden Nightingale, they were able to get the win. And it's just the second loss of the year for Roadshow, so it's not a lot to panic about for them. But from Mitchelton's perspective, this was a huge three points after the after their win at home to Magpies last week. They needed to pick up points. They probably thought they'd get points midweek against Southside Eagles, but they picked up three on the road against Roadshow and. They're finding a bit of form now. Oh, yeah, so they're capitalising on the good football they've been playing is probably more the better way of saying it. Look, it's funny how things work out because I think if they had a beaten Southside Eagles, they were expected to win that. I think, and that that was an upset in itself, in my opinion. That you know, Mitchelton, after their performance against uh, Magpies Crusaders, they put them to the sword at home. They they probably expected to go to Memorial Park and get the job done. They didn't get it done, but to go to Underwood Park on Saturday night and pick up the win. I actually think that will do more for their confidence than than you know winning you know winning at Memorial Park and then losing to uh, Rochdale because hey, now they actually that, that's two top four teams that they've knocked off in seven days and that and that does funny things as far as you know the team talk that Coach Daniel Panisi will give saying that you know what if you're beating you know the number one and number four team in the league you know well what what's going on why can't just you know win. You know, the games you should win. So I, I think that I think that actually might be that might actually be, you know, the, the biggest story here. And I think Middleton, uh, they they are gonna be breathing down uh Kabulcha's neck as far as, you know, that that uh that playoff uh, spot. We will talk about Kabulcha now actually because they were in action on Saturday night in a round ten catch up game away from having against the Magpies Crusaders and they went down by four goals to two. Three goals from Michael Lyle, one from Jaden Ballarizo gave them the Magpies the points in this one, as you mentioned, they jump in to the top four and they're looking quite strong. Magpies Crusaders certainly at home, no doubt about that. But Kabulcha, they started off the season with four wins, Adam, and they've won one of their last 10. Yeah, uh, yeah, three points out of last 30 available. And uh, look, that we're, we're still doing the math because that coincides when Cam Cristani, uh, you know, left to go to go play his football over in Norway. And uh, yeah, they've, they've been in free fall. Yeah, you know, ever since. And uh, look, they—they, they I think they're in uh, real trouble here because I think um, I think they're probably the team at the moment that you know their form is probably the is probably the uh, the the least best in the league at the moment. And with Mitchelton you now picking up wins, if they're knocking off teams like Rochdale, uh, which funnily enough the other lo- loss that Rochdale had was actually against Caboolture. So, so uh, it, it's it's a fascinating sort of thing. But uh, yeah, Terry Kirkham's going to really need to you know pull a rabbit out of the hat to try and reverse that form. Otherwise, um, they they could be you know, staring at relegation. They've gone from that early season potentially could they go straight through the FQPL one right up to the MPL this year to now they're battling for survival. The final game of round sixteen. So the final game of the weekend was from round 16, I beg your pardon. It was a 3-0 win for the Western Pride over Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And Western Pride have really firmed up, Adam, as a as a top four side. Uh, yes, uh, Spire, you mean? Oh, but, Sunshine Coast yeah, Fire. Sorry, yeah. I call them the Wanderers. You did, but that's, that's okay. okay. I apologise. It was a 3-0 win over the Fire, yes. Yep, that's right. But uh, look, Western Pride, I think that was a good win for them. That I think they'll pretty much almost see them play finals football. Um yeah, and look, they, they, we've always said that, you know, they, they start picking up the wins that, yeah, they, they I, I, I think they may have left the run too late as far as promotion to back to MPL goes, but I think third place, they they look pretty comfortable they can at least keep on winning. We haven't really spoken much about Western Pride and their run of form, and it's coincided with the arrival of two really handy players in the front third, Adam, Braden Doolan and Adam Egger, both got on the score sheet once again today, and They've added a lot of goals to that side in, not, in a very short period of time. And was a goals change game. There's no doubt about that. And these two these two players are certainly changing games for Western Pride at the moment. 
Yeah, look, uh, look, Adam Edgar, you know, he's got he's got experience at you know MPL level. He's a he's a noted he's a noted goal scorer, and uh, look, that, that was a big that was a big addition of them. You know, like I said, Braden Doolan, former yeah former Raw Academy as well. Look, he's he's uh, the games that we've um, that we've covered of Western Pride. You know, he's always been sort of if not scoring goals, setting him up, and also as well, they've got some. You know, more firepower and so Fernando Honor as well, who was in you know great form early in the season before before those two arrived. So look, it wasn't pride. They they are a decent team. I just think that uh, they they sort of a, a couple of you know, inexplicable results. I think and they've they probably left their run too late this season. But look, I still think that you know if they get like in the final situation, look, they 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 could be one to watch. They most certainly could be a team to watch in the finals in terms of the league table. Rostar Rovers at top of the table on 36 points. Redlands United, who didn't play this weekend, they're on 34 points with a game in hand, so they could very well end up jumping the Rovers to be top of the table. We'll have to wait and see. So it's 36 plays 34. Then you have Western Pride, 27. Magpies have ran out of the top four on 24 points, ahead of Brisbane Strikers with a, with a game in hand on 23. South Queensland Thunder, 23. Sunshine Coast Fire, 20. Um, Southside Eagles 19, Caboolture 15, Mitchelson 13, and Ipswich Knights on 10. So that top that top two, Adam, they've cleared out and have to wait and see if Redlands are able to to um get the um get that game in hand. And actually, while we're talking about that, mm-hmm. Redlands United, congratulations to their head coach Graham Harvey, who during the week was announced on their own, on the Redlands social media platforms as being the new assistant coach of the Brisbane Raw in the A League. It he it sounds like he will continue on at Redlands United. So congratulations to Graham. It's a great appointment for him. And he may very well not not only return Redlands to the MPL, he may do it as FQPL Premiers as well. Yeah, that's a, a couple of bits to unpack there. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Redlands, uh, certainly that, that, uh, that loss of Rochdale opens the door for them because uh, Redlands have got a game in hand on them. If they can convert that... Uh, they they they'll go top. So um, yeah, the the premiership certainly is on for Redlands. Uh, I, I think that uh, they I think Rochdale and Redlands are pretty much home as far as promotion to the MPL next season. So so and I think that I think that's the important distinction is that you know Graham Harvey you know has has led that has led that club you know, pretty much back to the to the top flight. About Graham Harvey himself, you know, a very, very vast, experienced coach, um, you know, and uh, look, a very, very good appointment uh, to assist uh, Warren, Warren Moon at, at the Raw. Uh, but I think the, the important distinction is I think it's that well done for the Raw to at least allow uh, uh, Harvey to at least, you know, continue coaching for the rest of this, uh, this, this FTPL season. Absolutely. Raw, once again, continuing along to bring some very good good coaching staff members from the local competition. And Graham Harvey's got great experience. We'll see how he goes at the Raw. But more to the point in terms of the FQPL, the race to the top four and taking aside the top two between Western Pride, Magpros, and Brisbane Strikes, and you can include the Thunder in this if you like. Those three or four sides fighting out for a couple of spots will be very fascinating over the last month or so of the season. Yeah, Thunder need to find some form uh, and the games, games played doesn't, is not in their favour. They've got compared, four games left to Thunder. Yeah, compared to Strikers, who have got six games left, Magpies Crusaders have five games left. So they're going to they're gonna need a win against the grain to, to really sort of, you know, to, to really sort of challenge that. Uh, same, I think Sunshine Coast Fire, I think they, well, I think they're safe. They're, they're up to the magical 20 points. But I think as well, they've only got four games remaining. I think it's going to be very tough for them as well to to make top four. But I think the the battle uh, is you know, whether Chris, Magpies Crusaders' home form can be enough to um, to get get the required points over Brisbane Strikers uh, over Brisbane Strikers' form. They're one point behind with a game in hand. So I think the the uh, final spot in uh, in that final series is going to come down to maybe Magpies Crusaders and Strikers. That is for sure. Magpies, because they either win or lose, they haven't drawn a single game all year. So they can pick up some points at home, potentially in the last couple of home games. It might be enough. We'll have to wait and see. Just quickly, at the bottom end of the table, Kabul to Mitchell and Ipswich have got um, five games left each, Adam. It seems like it's going to be a straight shootout between those three sides. One of them will be automatically safe. One will be in a playoff and the other will be, um, be automatically relegated. That's pretty much the way it looks like it's going to be at the moment. Yeah, and um, look... On points at the moment, obviously Ipswich, 
uh, Ipswich Knights uh, giving up uh, three three points to Middleton, five points to Kabulcha. Uh, but as far as the form trend line goes, uh, look, Kabulcha, uh, uh, you know, one one win in ten. Uh, that that's that's got to be a worry. Whereas, look, Ipswich, I think are starting to find some form, especially playing playing back at Eric Evans. Uh, Mitchelton at the moment, like who knows which side's going to show up, yeah, you know, as far as that goes. But I think that psychologically, I think that win over Rochdale, I think that may that may sort of you know give them push in the right direction. So that that that's relegation spot as you as you said, tenth uh, place is a playoff against the third place team in FQPL two, which we'll talk about shortly, and then eleventh place is automatically relegated to FQPL two. And shortly has arrived right now because we will talk about FQPL2 where there was a full round of fixtures played, which was the fixtures scheduled in round number nine. And we'll go through the results quickly. Virginia United 2, Grange Thistle nil, Coomera, also Wynnum Wolves 7, Coomera 2, South United 2, Holland Park Hawks 1, North Star 4, Magic United 1, Sanford, oh, Turinga 3, Samford 2. A couple of late goals there for Turinga gave them a very important win, but the game which everyone was waiting for, Adam, was the clash between the two unbeaten sides at the top, Surface Paris Apollo against Albany, Albany Creek Excelsior, and both sides are still unbeaten. It was one all draw. Teddy Watson scored for the home side, and then Matt Fox late got an equaliser for Albany Creek, and the first time we've seen those two sides clash, I think we're going to see it another couple of times, aren't we? I think so. I think uh, if one thing is this head-to-head meeting proves, there's probably on paper and on the pitch, there's not much between these these two sides. I think uh, there's uh, they've got the reverse reverse fixture at Walter Park, I believe, in uh, mid-August. Uh, if, if I remember, I think 16th of August rings a bell, but uh, I have to, have to confirm that. Um and then, obviously, as well, the top two teams. I think this is one. This is one and two as far as uh, the the final series go. And should they remain remain that and sort of hold that form, I think a grand final showdown that that, that could be anyone's game. I think uh, that may come down on the day. But I think that's the one thing is that uh, that yeah, these two teams are close. But I think that uh, as far as Albany Creek's Premiership hopes go, I think a couple more draws that probably they that they've. Uh, that they've given up, I think may see see sort of you know, you know sort of the the title go down to uh, the Lex Bell Oval. But uh, they've, they've got two games in hand, but they're going to need to beat they're going to need to beat uh, Albany Cricket and need to beat Surface, Surface Paradise, and then hope that someone else beats Surface Paradise. Yeah, you know, actually they need to drop two games because the uh, goal difference is uh, forty eight versus twenty four at the moment. So uh, yeah, so. Albany Creek are pretty much going to go unbeaten the rest of the way, and Surface Paradise have got dropped two games, and even if Albany Creek were to beat them at Walter Park, I don't know where those two losses for Surface Paradise are going to come from. Well, firstly, Albany Creek do have two games in hand. They are away to Coomer and at home to South, so you would say, have to say they're very <laughs> strong chances of picking up, uh, picking up six points in those two games, but I tend to agree with you in terms of Surface Paradise. Neither of these two sides have dropped a game this year, the only difference is Albany Creek have drawn six and Surface Paradise have drawn three. Apart from that, there's very little difference between the two sides. And I don't, I don't, I can't see Surface Paradise losing twice. They might drop one game. They're not going to drop two. So you'd have to say that Surface Paradise are looking like being the FQPL two premiers. Both sides sorry, are just, in a great sorry, position. Sorry, sorry, just to um, they're to, both, sorry, they're both in a great position to go straight up to FQPL one next year. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, to to clarify, that's that's um that's two losses plus Albany Creek, knocking off um knocking off uh, Service Paradise at Walter Park. So I, I don't know where three wins are going. It's three losses for Service Paradise unless there's an unbelievable turnaround in in form where that's going to come from. So, so I think I think they're I, I'm almost you know, here to declare them you know premiers. I I just think I just can't I just can't see it. But then again, I may have just jinxed them. You might, to be honest, I can't see either of those sides losing three games combined the rest of the way. They've both been absolutely spectacular this season. We'll have to wait and see what happens. So, Service Paris Apollos, they do sit 12 points on top of the table. They're on 45 points ahead of Albany Creek on 33 with those two games in hand. Then it's Wynn and Wolves who've made a bit of a move in recent weeks on 27 points in third. Sanford 24, Holland Park 20. Sorry, Sanford 25, Holland Park 24, Magic 20, Turinga 18, North Star 18. Grange 17, South United 17, Coomera 13, and Virginia on 11. So pretty much, if, if you take the top two out of it, 
from third down to tenth, there's only a couple of games in it between all those teams, and any one of those teams could yet find themselves in the top four race. Yeah, and look, I think also as well, the big distinction is that, we'll talk, as we were talking about earlier with FQPL1, the, the race for that playoff spot is 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 going, is going to be hot, eating up. Wynnum Wolves at the moment are in that in that number three spot, which will see them face, if it was played tomorrow, against Mitchelton. Uh, and so I think there's plenty to play for in that regard. But then the finals for three and four. Look, even you know, the way the, the form is swinging at the moment, you could even say you know, that North Star in eighth spot could land in you know, that finals race if they can win win games. They had they had a very, very good win over Magic United uh yeah this afternoon. So look the form in this in this league is just it's it's very, very hard to line up. You know, especially the the teams you know from about three down to about you know look even yeah, even you know Virginia United, you know, who are the bottom team at the moment, even they're picking up wins, you know, when we don't expect it. So yeah, look, it, it, it's 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 fascinating. It, it really is, and I'm not willing to make any predictions on who finishes third and fourth because, uh, at least not at this stage, because I'm, it's a case of teams can win on a, any given day. I won't force you to make a prediction this week, but next week I might see if I can get you to give some kind of indication. Well, to wait well six, six more games might help uh, the empirical evidence, I think. It might. In the meantime, hope we'll move on to our performer of the week. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, it's a tough, tough one for catch-up week. But uh, look, I'm actually going to go to the win for Mitchelton over Rochdale and give it to Jaden Nightingale for his uh, two goals uh, against Rochdale. He, you know, he, he's a he's a very, very uh, good player. Uh, a Brisbane City junior. Yeah, you know, I think it's his second season, Mitchelton. And I think yeah, two important goals in an important win for Mitchelton, which you know it should turn might. Turn around their season. For sure. In a difficult week, I'm going to go back to Old Reliable. And the age-old rule, if you score a hat-trick, you're, you're a contender for four performer of the week. So, for me, I'll split between Michael Lyle and Ren Yoka of Magpies Crusades and Wynnum Wolves, respectively. Three goals for each of them during the weekend. And they're my equal performers of the week. Yeah, no, it's good to see Michael Lyle back in form. You know, he prodigious goal scorer uh, two seasons ago. He had a bit of a hiatus from... Uh, the from the uh, top leagues uh, last season, but he's back and yeah, a big hat trick and they, they'll they'll propel he'll, they'll propel Magpies Crusades hopefully to a finals uh, berth. He most certainly could do that. I have to wait and see. Adam, tell me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. That'll do, this, that'll do it for this edition of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back next week to recap all the action. We'll talk to you all then.